Live from Alachua, Florida, I'm Amrita Kaley. And I'm Nam Amrita. Welcome to Nectar Talks from the heart of New Raman Reiti, the largest Hare Krishna community in North America and the home of thousands of bhakti yoga practitioners. In our ongoing interviews, we dig deep into our search for loving connections with Krishna and each other. With you, we hope to uncover the real-life stories and inner journeys of our vibrant community of friends and special guests. Like bees searching for nectar, we seek to extract pearls of wisdom from how they live their lives and the lessons they can impart to us and our listeners. If you're seeking nectar, look no further. All right, let's get started. Hello, dear friends. I'm Nam Amrita, and welcome to another installment of Nectar Talks. If you want to get to know Nuraman Reiti, this is the podcast for you, where you can discover the diverse backgrounds of our community members, what drew them to come live here in Alachua, and what unique insights they have to share about their Krishna consciousness and the practice of bhakti. Before we get started, a quick reminder that our audio archive can be found on Apple Podcast and Spotify under the name Nectar Talks. And look for us on Facebook and YouTube for the entertaining video versions of our episodes where you'll see cool images and footage associated with our guests, courtesy of our dear Madhuri Lila, who spends a lot of time putting to all that together for you. All right, let's begin. Our guest today is Param Brito Goodlow. She arrived at Nuraman Reiti from California with her husband, Scotty, and her uh, daughter, Shivani. She works as a nurse here at uh, a hospital in Gainesville, and um, she was born in the movement and also lived in India for a period of time. And at the ripe age of 34 years old, her life journey has already um, been full of interesting and sometimes challenging milestones which uh, I'm really excited to learn about. Welcome, Param. It's really a pleasure to have you with us this evening. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing well. It's a pleasure and honor to be here. (laughs) Great. So tell us a little bit about your background, perhaps, to get started. Um, Where did you grow up? Where where did it all begin? So um, I was born in Brazil. My mom is uh, Rita Namaraj's um, disciple. And um, my father is Jepetak Maharaj's disciple. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom is Brazilian and my dad is Ecuadorian. Um, I was born in Brazil, but I never really lived there. Um, I grew up um, a lot in um, Ecuador and my, my dad was a temple president there. Um, so we traveled a lot um, within South America. Um, so I lived in Colombia, I lived in Panama, I lived in um, just pretty much everywhere that my dad was called because he was, um, Epidak Maharaj's um, personal servant for a long time. Uh-huh. So um, he would have him, you know, go to different places. And my mom was Epidak Maharaj's um, personal cook. So we travel a lot. Awesome. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much where my spiritual journey began. Um, my mom was um, the top Sankirtan um, seller in Brazil. And my dad also did Sankirtan. So they're very... Um, I like how you call it seller. <laughs> right away, I get your perspective on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so, um, you know, I was raised in the movement. And then when um, I was uh, six, we 
um, came to Miami. We stayed there for a little bit and then we went to San Diego where my dad um, and my mom did temple service for a long time. My dad was a head pujari there. Great. Awesome. So you went from Brazil to Miami to San Diego and um, uh, where did you go to school um, for those early years? Was it Gurukul or was it the uh, public school? So I never um, technically went to Gurukul. I mean, we had like a French teacher in, in Ecuador, I remember. Um, but I, most of my education came from, um, I went to Catholic school in Ecuador because usually that's like the best education you can get private schooling. Uh-huh. Um, and then in San Diego, I went to um, regular school, uh, public school. And then when I was in India, I did homeschooling. Okay. When did you move to India? Um, when I was 14. Okay. Yeah. So you did uh, your initial schooling in uh, San Diego. Yep. Law. Brazil, San Diego, and then in India. Now in India, was was that part of uh, the public school system or? Um, yeah, so it's like American high school. It's like a pretty like common, like I think every Guru Kuli has pretty much done, you know, the the homeschooling through there. It's, you know, it's pretty self, you know, self-discipline. You do the work and then you take tests and then you, you know, you get your high school diploma. Mm. And how long were you in India for? Uh, two years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so what came after that? Um, and then I moved back uh, to San Diego and, um, I just was working. Um, and then at 19, I had my daughter. And that was in San Diego. And then yes. I, I know that you moved to Alachua and the new ramen Reiki community from there. Yes. When, when was that? So we moved me, my husband, my mom, and my daughter moved here about four years ago. It'll be actually okay. four years ago this weekend. Okay, great. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Super glad to have you. I know uh, you and my wife are good, good friends. And yeah. uh, it's always been a joy to have you with Thank us. You. Um, tell us a little bit about um, your career. I uh, just kind of like to brush over that, yeah. at least in the beginning. I'd love to hear a little bit about those details. Yeah. So I work at um, Comprehensive Women's Health I'm here in Gainesville. Um, a lot of our community, um, they actually come to my office. <laughs> so I see a lot of our um, community members there. Um, and um, yeah, so I've been doing, I've been in the um, health field for 13 years. Um, I've worked um, in a lot of different um, specialties. Um, I've never worked in OBGYN, which is what I'm working in right now. Um, but previous to that, uh, right when we moved here from California here to um, Florida, I was the um, manager of the office manager for the department of pediatrics at um, uf um i really missed the patient interaction so i chose to go back to like more um personal relationships with my patients okay great and yeah. you you learned uh now is that a nursing degree yeah um um so i did that in san diego that was right san after diego. um yeah um, a couple i think like i was i want to say like 21 yeah okay yeah awesome yeah. Um, and what uh, specifically would you say brought you to Alachua? You had friends here? Or? Yeah. So, um, you know, everybody knows about Alachua. So um, I really wanted um, Shivani to, we, the community in San Diego, the um, devotee community is, it's great. It's home, um, but it's very small. Um, and, um, and I wanted a, a more community devotee sense for Shivani, my daughter. Um, we left right where she, when she finished elementary school. So I figured it'd be a good transition for her between elementary school into transitioning to middle school for her to have that new experiences and have be with people that are, are like her because 
at our school, it was, you know, there were not, there was no not devotees there. So gotcha. that'd be a good idea for her, myself, my mom and my husband um, to be in the community where it's, you know, there's more mind, people that think like you. And also in San Diego, it's a big city. So it's the rat race, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. So um, sometimes devotees say that, you know, for those who are born in the movement, they may not have per se joined, um, mm -hmm. but they'll often describe and, you know, including myself, you know, a lot yeah. of uh, devotees who are born in the movement, we kind of go through our, our life experiences and um, in a way we do join by our own convictions. Um, have you had an, an experience like that? Um, maybe you tell us a little bit about yeah, you know, for sure. Um, consciousness for you and in, in your life. Yeah, um, I've always thought as uh, Christian consciousness and being a devotee more like, um, and this is gonna sound weird, but kind of how like Jewish people are just as like their heritage is of who they are. Right. Um, so that's kind of how I've always um, felt about my Christian consciousness, and I've always felt like it was a part of who I who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's never been something that I felt like I had to choose. Of course, I've had my struggles, like anybody in any religion, whether you're born into it or you choose uh, to be into it. Um, but I feel like I've had so many experiences in my life where have time and time again, um, Krishna has, you know, kind of shown up for me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that to me is the most important part of being a quote unquote devotee. Um, yeah. and that's not just an ISKCON, but in any religious background. Right. Awesome. Yeah. So looking back, I know you mentioned you had your daughter at 19 years old. Yeah. And um, were you with her father or did you kind of had that single mom experience? So I was with her father, but it didn't work out. Um, and so I did have a single mom experience. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as for any parent, it was very hard for my parents. Um, however, um, the San Diego devotee community was so supportive. And have always been so supportive. Um, the uh, GBC, um, the, he's been like a father figure to me for so long. And um, he was just so supportive and everybody was so supportive. So it just turned into like, you know, it takes a village to raise a family, to raise a child. And that's kind of the community that I grew up in San Diego. So I was very fortunate to have the ability to take care of my daughter and go back to school and, you know, and be able to thrive and not just kind of become a statistic. Right, right. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, what would you say are some of the other big milestones that might have um, informed your life decisions in relation to Krishna consciousness? I'm sure how you've raised your daughter that's yeah. probably included in there. For sure. Um, so like I said, when, you know, it was really hard for me to be 19 um, and I'm wed, you know, and um, I feel like when you are, you know, they say like, you know, when you feel like you can't walk, God carries you. So I feel like um, a lot of my, um, I guess would say like lowest of lows have really kind of, I've had support with Krishna and the community um, where they have been there for me and kind of shown up for me there. And I think it before I even had Shivani, um, like in India, just having so many amazing experiences with people and places that, you know, most people, every time I tell people like, yeah, I've been to, you know, India and I've been to South America and I've been to Europe, people are like, are your parents military? And I'm like, nope, yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm just from a, you know, I'm a Hare Krishna, you know? And so right. I feel like it's just, 
it's more of a not experiences like per se like bring it down to one experience I think it's been like an overall experience and the paths and the connection that I've made um, with the people in the community and with Krishna that have just brought me to to be who I am mm -hmm. and where I've been and um, so I think that that's really something that I you know I, I want to say is a tribute to my spirituality right what's um people's reactions when um you say you're a Hare Krishna and you know do you say that with um like I grew up in in France and Europe mm -hmm. and uh there was a big thing you know when I when I was a kid with cults and all that yeah. and I've carried this kind of embarrassment and fear of uh, even though it's so much better in the U.S. but yeah. um of sharing, you know, of um, I'm a Hare Krishna because, you know, it's weird. For, for, yeah, <laughs> for a lot of people, it's still weird. Yeah. So, yeah, what's your experience when you when you tell people and what, what are your inner feelings when you share that? So I think that the reason why I mean, of course, it's weird because it's different. So anything that's different is weird, um, yeah. especially when you're a child. Um, I think what's really amazing is that um, in San Diego, um, the community there is it's a lot different than I think most people have grew up in ISKCON, I wanna say, um, because it was it's so family oriented. And it was more like, again, who I was. It wasn't like something that defined me as my religion. It was who I who I was as a person. So, you know, and of course, you know, you're a vegetarian. And, and I never really got made fun of for being a vegetarian. Um, I know a couple of my other Gurukuli friends, they did. But it was never like, you know, they would joke and be like, oh, you know, like, what do you eat? And I'm like, just what you do, but without me, you know, right. so it was never um, a big deal. And I mean, I tell people and like the first reaction is, is like, oh, the people that shave their heads, like, why don't you shave your head? You know, and then it goes into like, no, because I'm not a guy, you know, I'm not right. a farmer you know. So right. I think it, it I mean, I I'm an open book and I'm I don't think I've ever really been ashamed of being a devotee or like thought it was I mean I, I'm sure it's weird but I never really thought it was weird to tell people that I was a devotee you know I think that the being vegetarian thing is more weird to them you know yeah yeah what about you know that's when you were uh, in school or younger what what's your experience nowadays as yeah. you know a, a grown woman and in a professional career environment yeah so um growing up in school I always smell like incense because you know our houses always have incense burning. So my friends would always be like, oh my God, you smell so good. And we would always have like, you know, the deities and um, in our house and things like that. And I, always, I would always bring my friends to the temple for big festivals. And maybe because, you know, we lived in California, people are super open-minded to it, you know? Um, so it's, it's honestly, it's always been, people ask a lot of questions, obviously, but it's always been like a really like, kind of curious, like that's really cool kind of thing, you know? Um, from my friends and everything like that. And I mean, everybody, you know, everybody's been, I've never, I've, I can honestly say I've never been judged for being a Hare Krishna, right, which is right. amazing. And a lot of people can't say that. Yeah, yeah. You know? And even with my job, you know, like, you know, my, I, I've worked with Indian doctors, so many Indian doctors. So it's like, it's, it's nice to have that connection, you know, where, you know, you kind of know a little bit. So it, you kind of feel familiar when you have someone that kind of has like an Indian background, you know? So right. that's, nice. yeah. I remember, you know, I grew up like almost, stalking indian people because i was like oh they know krishna you know i'll see an indian in an airport or wherever yeah. and i'm i get all excited and then i marry my wife who's from india and she's like you need no. to calm down <laughs> not everybody is a straight up devotee like you think they are yeah for sure <laughs> but uh 
no, I, I definitely, I always appreciate it that they, they do yeah, know that, that question. For sure. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, your, your roles um, in your career. What do you do sure. exactly? I understand your, you know, women's health and yeah. OBGYN. Yep. What are some other things that? So um, I uh, work directly with um, all the doctors. Um, sometimes we do um, inpatient care where it's like, I'm seeing the patients, I'm ruining them, I'm getting them ready for surgery, I'm getting them ready for um, procedures that they're having with the doctors. And sometimes I do triage, which is um, phone triage. So when they call in, there's an emergency, I have to treat, you know, assess the situation to see whether they need to go to the hospital or they need to come in. Um, so uh, that's something that I do on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, really what I like to focus is um, advocacy for my patients. Um, the statistics in the medical world, especially for women, are um, very sad. Um, and so I like to advocate for my patients so that they, you know, because in healthcare, you have to advocate for yourself, you know, um, because... Uh, in, in what sense do you, do you say that well, it's sad? It's because, you know, like... Like they don't get enough? They don't get enough, um, they don't have enough care. And, you know, um, especially p women of color, like, you know, one and out of three... Um, deliveries a woman of color dies that's wow. crazy you wow. know and it's like because they are not heard or when they're in pain they're not given pain medication so i really like to advocate to the patients that don't speak english because we have a large population of patients that don't speak english and i you know fortunately um speak spanish um and portuguese so i'm able to help the patients out or the very young mothers um that you know don't feel like they can take care of themselves or say something you know um, so that's something that I really, really thrive and I really enjoy doing is advocacy in my job. Mm. Oh, yeah. Thanks for bringing that awareness. I, I, did, yeah. I did not know those statistics. Yeah. Um, so how much uh, personal time do you get to spend with, with patients? I, you said you, you kind of get them set up in the beginning, but do you get yeah. to kind of like really care for them over yes. a long period of time yeah. and get so, to know um, them? And of course. So, um, with the patients, you know, with OBGYN care, um, we do a lot of pregnancy patients. So I see the patients from the minute they, um, have, you know, they realize they're pregnant till they give birth. Um, so I spend a lot of time with them. I really encourage them to, um, really, um, find out what they, what, who they are as a person and um, kind of what they want their journey to be. You know, I, um, being a young single mom, uh, my pregnancy was, you know, physically and health-wise, it was great, but it was a lot of emotional toll, you know, right. and a lot of, and there's a lot of women here that, you know, suffer, um, whether it's because of abusive relationships or because they don't know what they're doing. And my thing is to just educate them um, and to let them know that they have someone at their office Everybody in my office is incredibly kind and kind of be loving, but it's also nice to have someone that looks like you. It's nice to have someone that comes from your background and knows your struggles that makes it, you know, we all, we all want to thrive as humans and we thrive off interactions. And I think that it's really important to have those close interactions with people, um, to let them know that you're heard and you're seen. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's great that you've had your personal life experience and that you yeah. can relate with some of the the young women that come. Of course, yeah. Um, would you say that um, your background in Krishna consciousness has been useful in your of course career, your interactions? Of course. What, yeah. what are some examples of how I that think, might come into play? I think that um, just honestly, just being kind and because you're different, you know. Um, like, you know, 
being a devotee is different. It's a different thing. You know, you're always out of your element. You're always moving. You always have to meet new people and stuff. And I just think that just shows you such compassion for other people. Mm -hmm. Um, It shows you how to um, understand that people come from different backgrounds, but at the end of the day, we're all the same, you know, as a spirit soul, you know? And I think that really helps to kind of see past the physical body, you know, Um, because, you know, we're human. So the first thing that we go off is, you know, what we see by sight. Um, But having that knowledge that, you know, there's more to the person, um, that there's a soul in there, that really helps me carry through um, with situations like, you know, where I'm, I don't have a connection with this person, but I know that deep down inside we're the same. So I feel like Christian consciousness has really helped me that as far as in my career, um, wanting to be compassionate, having the understanding of uh, people and their situations and their karma, you know, Mm. and just having that compassion and wanting to help people. Mm. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, What are your, uh, do you have any future goals or aspirations as a- Yeah, I definitely, um, I really want to, like I said, you know, my my main thing right now at work is just being um, advocating for um, people that are, don't have a voice. So I, you know, I, I want to go back to school and I don't know if like, I mean, I'm not going to go back to school to be a lawyer or anything like that, but I really want to, you know, um, emerge myself in advocacy um, for people that don't have a voice. I think it's so important, um, even as devotees, to just speak up when we don't see something that's right, you know? Um, and so I think that that's really something that I really, as far as aspirations, I really want to move forward with that and just being an advocate for people that need that. So that's definitely something, my goal, you know, moving forward in my life. Yeah. Are there any um, kind of like ISKCON related projects that you, you see yourself contributing to with your experience as a nurse? Um, I, will... I know like here in New Raman Reiti, yeah. we have such a population of senior devotees. Yeah, and yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of talks about, you know, wanting to put together a, yeah, a coalition end, think, end for, of yeah. life. Yeah, definitely. And all that and- I think that that'd be really incredible. Um, when I lived in India, my mom um, worked with the Food for Life, and there was a devotee there that she would bring um, uh, a lot of education, uh, female education, to a lot of the women, the villagers around, you know, that. And I think that, I mean, I mean, ultimately, you know, when Shivani goes to college, I and I've talked to Sundari about this so many times, like, I would love to go like, to India and work at, you know, uh, Renana Maharaj's hospital in, in Bombay, you know, and just really dive myself into, you know, helping people at the, at the highest capacity, you know, and just really... Which hospital is that? You're talking about... The one Bak- in Bombay? Uh, Bhaktivedanta Hospital? Yes. Or- because yeah. you said read Ananda Mar. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, sorry. Rana 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 Swami. Sorry. Sorry. Rana gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the hospital. Um, so I really, that's something that I definitely would love to do, you know, and just really immerse myself in helping people and doing service that way. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, I feel such a, an enthusiasm and just like so much punch and ability <laughs> in you. So I really wish that uh, you, you do. Yeah. To pursue all your dreams and the, sure. and the care of others like that. It's really yeah. awesome. Um, well, maybe we can, uh, tr- I, I would love to um, hear a little bit more about your husband, Scotty. Sure. Yeah. Um, I know that, first of all, and I know he's he's with you, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he, Scotty, if you're there, you're welcome to, to jump in. I would love to hear about how you guys met and... Um, I know Scotty's 
a really cool guy. We've met a, a couple of times. Yeah, um, he's he's coming on on the um, the iPad. Um, he's gonna come on right now. Um, yeah. Uh, um, as another participant. I believe so. Okay. All right. I'll keep an eye out for that. Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, maybe you can tell us how yeah. you two met. So we met in San Diego um, through mutual friends. Um, Scotty um, was uh, he played college football in Utah. Um, so, and it's funny cause he always says like, he's like, I remember I would see this really big, um, temple in, uh, Spa uh, in Spanish fork. Spanish fork. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, nice. um, yeah, so that's kind of, you know, so yeah, we've been together for 10 years. We've been married for five. Um, he is the most amazing supportive partner anybody could ask for. Um, so he's, I'm, I'm very blessed to have as my husband. So yeah, he's a great guy. Um, and he, he lets me be the person that I am, which is really important in a relationship. Yeah. All right. How's it going, Scotty? Hey, what's going on? <laughs> nice to have you with us here. Oh, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. So, um, I guess um, you know, let's let's jump jump right into. It. I would love to hear what your initial impressions were. Of course, you know. Parm's a beautiful girl. We know that. But <laughs> what, you, what were your initial impressions as far as her, her spiritual background and what was your religious background growing up? And, uh, you know, were there you know, any initial discussions about all that between the two of you? I'm sure there was. Um, I didn't know too much about Krishna consciousness. Like I said, like she said earlier, I had seen a temple in southern Utah in Spanish Fork, you know, right. from driving back and forth on holiday and breaks uh, from Utah to California. But I never, I never stopped because I had no reason to, but it was always cool to see it as I drove through. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know enough about it to be like, hey, let me, you know, make a pit stop and, and go check it out. And so uh, we met, like she said, uh, a decade plus ago, seems like it's been forever. Um, and I didn't know too much about it. Um, I think I joked with her saying that I watched a, a documentary about Hare Krishna's, I don't know if it was Netflix or some other program. And I was like, man, there was some crazy stuff going on back then. And uh, she was like, no, it's not like that now. And I'm like, well, I just watched the, and I had <laughs> just watched the documentary within right. a couple months of meeting her. And so we kind of joked about that. Um, I grew up Southern Baptist, uh, which is a lot different than, uh, you know, Hare Krishna. And, and you grew up in, in California? Yeah, I was born and raised in San Diego. Okay. Um, lived there a majority of my life. Lived a couple years in Texas um, because my stepdad was in the military. So we were stationed uh, kind of like right outside San Antonio for about two years and then moved back to San Diego. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, left San Diego to go to college and came back and went okay. to grad school in San Diego. You know, now we're here. But um, yeah, growing up, you know, Southern Baptist, it was always, you know, church on Sundays, you know, grandmother and aunts going to Bible study or choir practice during the middle of the week. And sometimes I had to go and I didn't want to go, you know, that's right. typical kid stuff. You just want to go and play and be with your friends. Sure. Um, and then, you know, as I got older, you know, different experiences in my life, uh, some traumatic things, but just, you know, as you, as you're exposed to more, you want to know more, you want to mm -hmm. learn more. Yeah. And, uh, I, I kind of started to drift away, um, from the church, so to speak, um, just cause I was struggling with different things, uh, personally. And then, uh, 
not being able to find a reason on why I should follow through in you know that path right so um, even now today you know um, I would say I'm a believer but I'm also a uh, I, I like to play devil's advocate I, I question everything so sure. that's um, a very good thing to do <laughs> yeah you know I don't healthy practice believe everything I hear or everything somebody tells me um, right and, you know uh, being around a bunch of Hare Krishna people it is it has taught me a lot of uh, First of all, some of the nicest, kindest people I've ever met. Um, and I mean that truly, I mean, from not knowing somebody, uh, you know, for a long time or growing up with them or knowing their family, uh, they welcome you in with open arms. And, um, you know, I really appreciate that, especially as we have transitioned from, um, you know, California to Florida. I didn't know anybody here. Obviously my wife knew a couple people from the movement, but I knew maybe one or two people and then, you know, now I know pretty much, you know, a lot of people, not, you know, very intimately, but um, if I see them out in the streets or out in the stores, you know, they always speak. So yeah. that's been, that's been very kind. And to see how everybody kind of just pulls together to help each other out. Uh, you don't really see that a lot in California. Right. Um, you know, it's just cause the lifestyle is different too. It's more fast paced and uh, it's a lot less people looking out for each other because they're working so hard to stay afloat because the cost of living, because the economy there as to here is not as critical as maintaining a certain lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So um, that's been yeah. some of the differences, but it's been, uh, it's been a journey. Yeah. Yeah. And now has uh, the spiritual backgrounds, have they ever been a point of contention between the two of you or it was always, you know, you totally accepted it and you kind of shared your experiences with spirituality or, I think it's always been um, pretty neutral for me um, and for him. Um, I am Hispanic, so, you know, um, Catholicism is, you know, a huge part of my life. Right. I went to Catholic school. He went to Catholic school. My mom went to Catholic school. My dad went to Catholic school. So other religions have always been such a huge part of our lives. Um, I was baptized Catholic, um, you know, even though I was born a devotee, because my mom always says, you know, you have to make sure, you know, you get into the gates. So, you know, and Shivani's baptized, you know, um, and I would go to church on Sunday with Scotty. And then mm -hmm. after that, we'd go to the temple in the evening on Sunday. So it's always been very integrated. I know with um, relationships that have two different religions, I think it can be really hard. But I think that um, religion honestly hasn't ever been a big deal for us, you know, yeah. as far as like, this is what I want and this is what you want. Right. However, you moved to florida yes. and scotty came along that's the biggest thing that was the biggest <laughs> thing <laughs> so tell me what was that like for you scotty when she said she wanted to move here and uh you know it was in many ways because of krishna consciousness and because there's a big community here uh, how did that play out for you this idea of moving here for that it it probably took about four years for me to finally decide to, you know, make that leap of faith. Mm. Um, for me, it was, I had no network here. So for me, you know, right. uh, network is, networking is big for me in the field that I work in and, you know, mm. what I was doing in education. And I just didn't see, I couldn't get past my mental block of being able to jump that hurdle to start something new and then build back up. Um, and so I was, I put up a lot of resistance. I was like, you know, 
my family's in San Diego. My career's in San Diego. You know, everything I've known. What, what were you doing at the time in San Diego? You, you're talking about education and all that. Um, I was working in education. I was a counselor working in mental health. So okay. I was uh, dealing with young adolescents, working in high schools in the, in the county district. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, just climbing the ranks there. And um, it was it was something that was fulfilling for me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it gave me a lot of satisfaction to be able to help, uh, you know, the young minds and, and young families that were struggling with different, you know, um, disadvantaged circumstances. Yeah. And so I was like I said, I was really against coming here. And then we came to visit maybe in 2015, possibly we did a trip to um, Orlando. Um, went down there to Disney and we came up here, I think for a couple of days. And I was just like, man, there's nothing up here. I can't see myself <laughs> here. You know, right. I'm, a, I'm a city boy. So I'm used to, sure. you know, different things going on. And I was just, I was telling her, I'm like, I, I can't do it. There's just not enough going on here. Uh, you know, it's a small town, uh, very kind of, very kind of secluded away from, you know, Absolutely. the bigger, bigger world, bigger metropolitan areas. I think everybody that moves here asks themselves that question. As much as they're super excited about the temple, it's like, why am I here in Elijah? Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, I wasn't excited about the temple uh, per right. se because, you know, we kind of had the best of both worlds where we were going to my home church and, and going to the yeah. temple. And, yeah. you know, we would split our Sundays half and half. We'd be at my church and then uh, go to her church to the temple in the evening. I would help doing garland services and, you know, help mm-hmm. out uh, any way I can. Yeah. And so that was, I mean, really, it's a, a huge testament uh, to her that you, you actually did that. What, what would you say kind of made, made you be like, okay, I'll do it. Was she just pushing, pushing, pushing? I mean, yeah, it was like, she pushed me over the edge. Like, no. <laughs> um, it was, uh, I think it was after I finished grad school and I was, you know, already thinking about transitioning to something new. Uh, in the field I was in and you know she was like I think this would be a great time there's all kind of you know she kind of buttered me up a little bit saying that there were all these different things going on here and uh, I had nothing set up when we moved here so I didn't have a job lined up I didn't have a friend who could you know put a word in for me somewhere it was kind of like I had to figure it out you know I had no problem doing that I knew I could do that but it was just like Man, at this age, starting right. all over, yeah. you know, it's a little bit scary. The unknown, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I really want to share my uh, appreciation for you guys just sharing a little bit about your your personal story as a couple. And uh, yeah, I think it's really a, a beautiful example of uh, a husband being willing to jump pretty far for <laughs> for his loved ones. So. I'm going to take notes on that, Scotty. I appreciate the example. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you ended up doing. Uh, are you in the same field uh, that you were in California? Uh, no, I'm not. So actually, when we first moved here, um, I took a job working as a um, car salesman at one of the dealerships in um, Gainesville. And then um, through that, I got introduced to uh, somebody through a temp agency and um I got a job with the city working as a contracts manager. Um, and I did that for a little over a year and then got promoted up um, into working in finance for the city. So now I currently going on two years um, have been in finance 
Um, I kind of oversee a couple departments as it pertains to uh, city purchasing, city of Gainesville purchasing for a couple different divisions. Uh, I'm also uh, in charge of all the emergency preparation right now for hurricane um, for the city. So I've been really busy these last couple days. Yeah, yeah the, we got we know, got Elsa that uh, Elsa, yeah, so making I, her way through over here. Yeah, so I've been kind of tied up with that and you know keeping updates and and communicating with the team or whatever. So. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's different than what I've been doing. Uh, you know, I'm not a politics type of person. Uh, I'm very, the type of person that likes to speak my mind, no matter if it goes against the rules or ruffles a couple feathers. So I've kind of had to like tone down my personality a little bit to kind of, you know, fit the mold, so to speak. Right. No, right. not really thrilled about that. So, you know, um, but for right now, it's okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, keeping my options open yeah. for, uh, you know, different opportunities in the future. Okay. Oh, again, thank you for sharing. And let me just ask you one more question, just because I know a lot of our devotee listeners would love to hear. Um, from your experience being around the devotees and being married to someone who's part of the movement, how would you define Krishna consciousness the way you understand it? Um, it's different. Um, and it's different depending on people I talk to about it. Mm -hmm. So the people that are more in my generation, um, they have a, uh, maybe a different outlook about Krishna consciousness. Mm -hmm. It's not at the forefront of their life, their everyday life of, you know, how they live and what they do. Um, but it's a foundation, so to speak. Right. And I think when I talk to um, the elders, it is the forefront of what guides and shapes their life. Hmm. So that comparison of, yes, this is my foundation. This is what I revert back to, um, uh, when I need guidance, when I need support, when I need, um, a sound ear to listen, right. um, that's what I get from a younger generation. And then for the older generation, I get that this is the end all be all. This is how, um, my life is guided through, you know, uh, the, the words of Krishna consciousness. So yeah. um, it's two different, totally, it's two different perspectives. Um, and it's, it's very unique. It's very, um, I've learned a lot, you know, um, she's taken me to some places that I know that I would have never, ever been to uh, West Virginia, parts of Mississippi, and uh, to see how those people live and how they all pull together to help and support each other to make sure that everybody um, has a little bit and does not go without I think that is very, very, uh, you know, fulfilling and telling and welcoming to people that are looking for uh, something to attach onto or looking for a purpose or something that gives them comfort. So mm -hmm. I think that's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah, it's really interesting that uh, what's struck for you is this, uh, these two perspectives from the older and younger generations. And, um, you know, as my dad put it once years ago, in a way, Krishna consciousness in the West is still very much a big experiment because it's so new in the yeah. Western world. And uh, so, you know, the, these first three generations are really going through these, these initial motions of uh, this ancient tradition being introduced in the West. And you know, the first generation was establishing temples with Srila Prabhupada and second generation is maybe a little bit lost between that and trying to live a career and family life. And 
even Prabhupada said that the third generation would be the one that was going to be <laughs> the most well-established. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's very, you can see that. You can see that, as you said, it's uh, something you can observe in talking to different generations. Um, but overall, I mean, I find the whole thing fascinating and uh, it's, it's a beautiful adventure to be a part of. Definitely. So, yeah. So thank you again so much for uh, sharing your, your experiences and a little, about, a little bit about your story together. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you, Scotty. Um, let's see. Um, just going through my... Uh, my notes here would you say param that um you know you made this big decision both of you moved here um describe you've been here four years now um looking back and where where you stand now in the community and your careers together and your family life was it a good decision are you happy to be here what's what's the new raman reiti experience for you guys i am very happy to be here um, I know that Scotty, it was tough at first, but I know it was, um, it's a, it's, it's been a really great decision, uh, for myself, for my daughter, for my mom. Um, it just, it brings us more peace to our lives. You know, um, we're able to spend a lot of time together. We're able to do things together. And that, um, overall, I think for our physical, mental, spiritual health has just been amazing. Um, I do, um, uh, with Raman Reiti in particular, um, sometimes it's a little bit hard to make those um, super close connections um, because it's such a large community right. that sometimes it, it feels a little bit um, isolating, I want to say, um, because there's so many people that I feel like it's hard to have like that one-on-one -on -one connection with those people. But I really feel like as the years have gone by, I really established a tribe of um, people that really um, get me and want the best for me. So I think that that's kind of, it's, it, I, I know from a lot of people, they say that's like a little like isolating here because there are so many people, but I think it, it takes time and cultivation to have those relationships and not to feel so isolated. Yeah. 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 It, it's all, it's a recurrent theme here. Um, even before I moved, moved here, I was hearing about it's, it can be hard to integrate into such a large community. And, um, I appreciate that you pointed out that you kind of found your your little tribe and yeah. and I really encourage all the community members who um, and not only the community members but organizers anybody with an organizational tendency <laughs> to form uh, small groups you know you can connect on so many different things whether it's uh, you know reading or men's and women's groups or yeah. a sports group and that's really the key I think in such a large community yeah that connects us to just form some some small groups yeah, and uh, sure. i know it's needed it's happening in many ways yeah. I, I know of a lot of groups but the more yeah. we can make those the better and i think it's also nice because you get to experience different things from people that are similar to you but also are completely different and you would never you know like people that are super um devoted and deep into christian consciousness whereas the people that are kind of maybe just getting started in their movement or just kind of figuring out their relationship with god mm-hmm yeah, that's a great point to connect on on those levels. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've I've often thought to myself that you know, devotee association is super important, but it's got to yeah. be the proper devotee yeah. association for you, and that's a very individual thing uh, yeah. to identify who you fit in with and connect with on, on that level. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, there was uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about because I, yeah. I was part of Shamali's memorial. Mm -hmm. um, how long has it been now? A year? Almost a year. Yeah. Next um, month will be a year. Mm -hmm. our, our dear Shamali passed away from cancer mm -hmm. a year ago, and uh, she was really loved so mm -hmm. much by the community. And I remember very much your your offering during mm -hmm. the, the memorial. Uh, and you two were very, very close. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I, I was just curious, you know, if you could share a little bit about your relationship with her, because yeah. she's, she's really been admired in yeah. this community to be like a way advanced devotee for her 100%. age. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm kind of curious to dive into that a little bit. And, you know, was she kind of like, did she play a role somehow for you in your life and all that? I've known Shamali since I was six years old. Mm -hmm. um we grew up together we walked to school together every day um so losing her um if being totally honest was very hard for me and it is still very hard for me yeah. um it made me question my faith um it made me question so many things you know um because she is she like i said like she was perfect um and and not even like oh you know she's perfect but like literally like kind sweet smart loving you know funny yeah. and and she never made you feel a certain way you know she chanted her rounds she read the books but she never judged me for not being on that level yet right. you know so i think that that's such an important and um rare thing to find you know, mm -hmm. where it was like genuine judgment free um, mm -hmm. and just met you where you were right. and loved you for where you were and never pushed you to be anything that you didn't want to do. Now, if you told her something that she didn't like, oh, she would be the first one to tell you, you know, right. <laughs> I think Shamali, I think it's different the relationship that I have with her. So a lot of people were like, no, she was so kind and sweet, but she was very kind and sweet. But if she told you something, you better, you know, because she was a teacher. So, you know, right, right. we were all kind of afraid of her, you know, yeah. Um, so I feel like she just, anytime I ever have made any serious lifetime decisions, she was one of the people that I called mm -hmm. in every situation, um, as school or relationships or life or everyday things. Um, she was my, um, my soundboard, you know, just always level-headed. Um, she would get angry, but, you know, she was never um, disrespectful or mean or, you know, she always had great advice yeah. and it, you know, it took us, I mean, everybody that she's ever come in contact with just realized how amazing she was, you know? Um, I, I just, it's hard. It's hard every day um, because, you know, sometimes I'll be discussing something with somebody at work and they'll be like, that's not how you say it. And I'm like, no, it is. And, and they'll be like, no. And I'm like, I'm going to call my friend up because she's a teacher. And then I realized that I can't call her. So that hits hard, you know, yeah. when like, so it's, it's been a definitely challenging um, road. Um, but I'm, I just feel so fortunate that I've had her in my life for so long yeah. is that I've been with friends with her. I've known her more than I've not known her. Right. You know? And so it's, it's, you know, she was a big part of my wedding. I was a part of her wedding. You know, it's just, it was, it's, it's just been a blessing. She's, you know, she taught Shivani in school. 
you know, it's, it's, she's an amazing person. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. well, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, yeah. I know you, you two really had a very special, intimate yeah. relationship. And yeah, I was just curious to know a little, a little yeah. bit more about our dear. Yeah. Shamali, yeah. And I know her as Gora. So, and it was when she got initiated, she was like, no, I'm going to, you can't call me Gora anymore. And I'm like, but that's oh, really. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I'm I like, never even knew that. Yeah. She was like, no, I'm not going by Gora anymore. And I'm like, no, your name is Gora. And I remember she would ignore you if you called her Gora. She oh, would wow. only respond to Shamali. So she was dedicated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's what it is. You know, yeah, yeah, she really, dedication is such a great way to describe her. That's kind of yeah. what came off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Param, thank you so much. Um, this was really wonderful to get to hear about your your life journey, your background, growing up in Krishna consciousness. Yes. You know, your your parents were. Yeah. I'm sure they would be an awesome interview themselves, yeah. uh, from what I hear. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, I really appreciate the the way you approach your career, um, yeah. your dedication for that, and your and you know you're very much a people person, and you sincerely want to help. Yeah. Um, it was great to hear from Scotty and yeah. um, your story together moving here to New Raman Reti. Um, I found this actually really interesting because it wasn't um, the typical interviews that we've done so far where yeah. there was really a, a very defined like, oh, this is the service that this person does in Krishna consciousness. And, yeah. you know, it's just easy to, yeah. <laughs> to get into that. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I got a lot of uh, kind of insight on uh, how a lot of devotees um, live their Krishna consciousness when it's not, you know, full on like I'm doing my sadhana and I'm wearing a sari and all that. Yeah. Um, but like you said, this is this is who you are. You yeah. know, you, you're, you're and, and I think we're all different. And I think that, right. you know, we we want to be this or we think we need to be the certain type of person to get, you know, um, where we are spiritually or where our neighbors are but i think it, it's a personal journey honestly and i think um if anything i've taken from my parents from my my peers and even from my husband it's just it's it's inside of you and you you nurture and you cultivate it whatever way it heals your soul you know and krishna speaks to every single one of us um whether it's krishna or allah or buddha you know like our goal is to be amazing people and to care for one another and i think that that's my relation. And that's like the biggest thing I take away from my spirituality and my Krishna consciousness. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a beautiful place to end. Yes. Thank you again so much, Param. Thank you so much. It was wonderful to get to know you. And Thank you. Uh, we'll see you around. Hare right, Krishna.